Yeah. Also, and recording now. Okay, so there's five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? How are you guys doing? Today, I've got Kim Normal with me, and I just want to thank them really quick first for coming back again because we had some issues last time with the equipment. Just wanted everybody to know we've got that all situated here and ready to get this episode going for you. So I'm just going to have you guys introduce yourself, your name, your function in the band, where you're from. Uh, I'm uh, function as the drummer, um, and uh, I, I sing quietly underneath Carl singing sometimes. Um, I'm from the Hartford area of Connecticut. All right, my name is Carl Gianelli. I play guitar in Kim Normal and I sing slightly louder than Ethan because mm -hmm. I'm the singer. I am Connor McCarthy. I play bass in this band known as Kim Normal and I'm starting to sing as loudly as Carl in this band, but that's for the upcoming future. With just something light, and I, I always enjoy hearing this from people. What's your first memory of music? Ooh. Oh, I remember Sorry. mine vividly. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, so when I was like six, when I was like six and six, all I liked was stuff that was really loud and really energetic. So, still do, but whatever. So, anyways, I remember vividly we had this box of VHS, my family and I basement and we dug him out my father who's a big music guy he doesn't play anything but he loves music said, hey you gotta check this out so he put this vhs tape on and it was acdc playing at donnington in 1991 and i just saw like this massive field of people jumping up and down and the music was wicked loud there was all these guitar stalls and everything and i was like what is that that's amazing so then afterwards like a week later we went to like a dirt bike race and we listened to back in black on the way there and after that i was totally booked i was like okay is I want to do that. That was it. Yeah, that was my first memory with music. Um, I have a few that probably occur around the same time, but uh, the most significant one for me is uh, when I was probably like three-ish years old. Um, my dad and my uncle and I took a bunch of like Tupperware and like pots and pans and stuff, and like threw them on the floor of my old house. Um, and just because my uncle was a drummer and my dad um, picked up a little bit, and their their dad was. Um, like a professional drummer back in like the 50s or whatever. Um, so they were both into that. And we just sat on the floor and like just took wooden spoons and were just like banging on pots and pans like they were drums and everything. I was like, there's a tiny little toddler like. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. sorry. No, you done? Okay. Um, well, music has always been like a part of my life. Like the second I was brought home from the hospital, there was music playing. But like the first vivid memory of me loving music was being the back of my... Um, my mom's Volvo and uh, she put on, oh, she was with my dad. We we're going on a trip. I was with the whole family and my dad put on uh, the Black Crows album Lions and the song uh, Soul Singing came on and I just loved the chorus so much. I was like bopping in the back and pretty much ever since then, it's just trying to reach that high of listening to Soul Singing by the Black Crows for the first time and falling in love. So that's like my first really clear memory of like falling in love with music. Uh -huh. that's so this part, this question is to kind of piggyback off that first one. What was the first time you picked up your instrument or like bought your instrument, started practicing it? When did you fall in love with your instrument? Oh, do you, I, I can start. Yeah, you, you can start. start. I don't want to start it again. So for whatever reason in my old house, um, there was this nylon acoustic guitar. And it was, I don't, I don't know how it was there, but it was just there. 
And um, as I got a little older, around like eight or nine, I started to get a little more curious with it and uh, fiddling around with it. And um, I remember I was with my brother and we were watching old Looney Tunes cartoons and like that opening, like the opening theme, like really caught my attention. I remember trying to learn the notes. I didn't do it. I was just playing random notes. My brother was like, wow, that sounds just like it. And that got got me really excited. I want to play the guitar for real. And so for my ninth birthday, I was like, I was like, mom, can I please just play guitar? Can I get a guitar? And she got me a little shit uh, Squire, like the starter pack that comes with the amp and the Squire. And after that, I was like, I will learn this instrument completely. And that's how it started. That's a good one. Not the first time I got into music, but fun fact, I used to watch the SpongeBob. I used to watch SpongeBob all the time. I still do. And I would, grab, and I would grab my first guitar and I would try to mime along with the SpongeBob yeah. intro. That's no lie. But the first time I got a guitar really fell in love with it. I kind of had been all over the place as a kid. Like I tried basketball. I could yeah. not play basketball for the life of me and all, and all that kind of crap. And then finally, when I found the music with the ACDC and stuff like that, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. So we went down, my mother and I, we went down to the local music school, started some lessons and they gave me a little Yamaha acoustic guitar. And I just came home with that and I sat on this very couch that night. And I just played and played and played. And I did like the DJ thing or you would just take the side of the pick and scratch it along the strings. And I thought that I was like, Tom Morello or something. But that was like the first time I really played the, played the guitar was that. And after that, I was totally hooked. And then I progressed and really started learning music that I liked. Once I found that I could do that, I stuck with it. Hmm. Um, mine is, is like kind of similar to that other story, but it was like um, the, that uncle that I was playing with the pots and pans with everything I inherited um, the drum kit that I still play from him a few years later um, and we didn't know how to set it up or anything like like me and my parents were just like had no idea what all the things were so we just like throw the drums on chairs and I would just go downstairs and literally just like hit the drums while they were just sitting on chairs like completely not connected or anything just kind of like standing like around the basement and, like I hit the, the back of like the front head of the bass drum and like I put a hole in it and everything um, but I did that for a while with my parents. I think um, one time they were sitting upstairs and were just like, you know, that kind of sounds like something. Maybe we should like let him take lessons and stuff. And then I started taking lessons and my teacher was like, and we were like, oh, we don't know how to set the drums up and everything. He's like, oh, you have all the stuff already. And he showed us how. And then I started actually playing around on the kit. I, it didn't really like make actual drum sounds for a while, but I, I messed around, you know. But yeah. So this question is for Carl. So yeah. you, you, <laughs> you, uh, you play guitar and sing at the same time, which is a yeah. very difficult thing to do. How'd you learn how to do that? Uh, time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so all that happened there is I was, I, my first band, like first ever kind of thing was with two buddies early on in town. The Polish American Club for your first show? No. Okay. We never, this band never even played a show. Oh, okay. We never, we never got anywhere, but we were really into, we, we really wanted to play Blitzkrieg Bop and Ramones. That was the first song we wanted to play. So we, um, we met up. It was just me, a drummer and our singer. And our singer is my buddy, Danny. I still love Danny to this day. So Danny at the time was really into baseball. So he kept going to baseball practice. 
me and my drummer would be stuck and we would be like, well, crap, we're not a singer. And playing the Ramones with no singer is not really that fun. <laughs> so, there was a, so, there was a, so there was a vacant microphone. I was like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. It's like, I know the words of a bunch of songs. Why not? So I just kind of started doing it. And I was like, well, this is fun. Like, I can do two things at once. And this is making it more interesting and, you know, cool for me to do. That's kind of just it. Like, I've never taken a vocal lesson or anything like that. It's kind of just been... I started with the music that I liked in terms of learning how to sing. And then through that, kind of was able to find my range and what I could do personally. And yeah, but that's how it started, just that necessity of not having anyone else to do the job. Now, could you ever see you guys doing a song where, like, you aren't playing your guitar and you're just singing? No. You no, like no. No, no, no. If he had a second guitarist, maybe, but he would never. If we had a second guitarist, he would quit within like three days. Yeah. <laughs> well, since they answered, just doesn't like doing that. Well, yeah. Since they've answered the question, I'm going to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't really, I don't really consider myself a singer. I consider myself a guitar player who sings. So, like, you'll never really see me like out front like, with the mic doing like the Henry Rollins thing out there, like face to face with the crowd doing that kind of thing. Unless I hop on stage with another band or something for fun, but I would never like consider myself a soul singer. Just like do that. Because yeah. guitar is my thing, you know. I don't want to let go of that. So what? Um, what was the first song that you ever wrote? And this doesn't necessarily have to be for a band. This is like literally the first thing you ever wrote. You consider a song? You know, Does this apply to everyone. Yeah, is this an everyone question? Yes. Just to break up the flow, Ethan, you go first. Um, the first song that I ever tried to write was when I was in like fifth grade and it doesn't exist. Um, but I just like, I was just messing around and I didn't really know how to write songs or anything, but I had this chord progression. I'm pretty sure it was just exactly the chord progression for 21 Guns by Green Day. Oh, there you go. Because um, this is like 
So stay tuned for that, and tonight the world is ours as a yeah. bonus track. Yeah, I remember the I remember the chords of the song, so I can show you. Please do. <laughs> Please do. So I'm not I'm not even bullshitting with this answer. It took me forever to really actually try to write music because like I would fiddle with things here and there as a kid, but I was very self conscious of like, yeah, this sucks. Like I'm not going to attempt. I was very like self critical. I still am. So the first song that I actually wrote was Thoughts Blend Together, which is the first song on um, Fungus. That's uh, the first one you wrote? That's the first one. Damn, that's yeah. pretty good for a <laughs> Number one with a bullet. That was the first song we ever played together that was yep. not a cover. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was the first one that was written. That was it. Nice. Love it. Weren't, like, the five songs in the NUP, those are just the first five songs you ever wrote, aren't they? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, but that, Thoughts Blend Together was... The first one, aside from actually, I think if you switch in the track order, tracks five and four, I think that's actually the order in which they were written in. Yeah, I think so too. Still yeah. the same as the last. Yeah, still the same as the last strand, but yeah. Thoughts one together, like, I kind of had that riff and I heard that and I was like, that's pretty rocking. I like that. Also, the fun fact about still the same, um, like, I had written the lyrics and then he came up with an instrumental in like March. And then we never played it together until the day that we recorded the drums for that EP in August. Really? We, I'm pretty sure we played it like one time and then we, we like got to my house and we were trying to record it and we were just like oh can we i was like can we, can we practice yeah <laughs> i had like never played it. anyway uh, we talk a lot yeah <laughs> i just want you to know that but oh, short oh, guys do that's the whole point um that's one you guys first one though yeah so as a band together the three of you what was the first song you guys wrote with, well, with Kyle in the band. Yeah, the first the first one I was wearing with me being an established member was I think it was piece by piece. Yeah. Because I was like, by the time I uh, joined the band, I wasn't there for fungus, and by the time I joined, most of On Your Own Wave, if not all of it, except for piece by piece, was written. I think all. Yeah. yeah all, all of it was no. written. I wrote it. And. Okay. So they showed they showed me all the songs, and then so I joined in October, and then a month later, over Thanksgiving break, uh, they were like, "Hey, we have another song," and that was piece by piece. So that was the first fully fledged Kim Normal song, where it was all three of us working on it. That song is incredible, by the way. I still stuck in my head for the first time I heard it like four weeks ago. I listen to it every day. Thank you, bro. Well, yeah, Thank appreciate you. it. He wrote that. That's easy. True. Um, he did. You wrote that incredible song. Thank wow! You, uh, 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 gotta give the drummer some love. I think uh, the first one we wrote, like all of us together, like contributing, like at the same. Well, that wasn't like written separately and then brought in. I think was Connor's song. Yeah, um, we all kind of like hashed it out together. I presented the song and it was like a really shitty Remo Drive ripoff. And I the main riff of that song was like supposed to be a 10 second outro. And I showed it, and Carlos once said, "Screw the whole song, make that, <laughs> like make the outro of the song." And I was like, "Okay." And then we banged it out in about like 30 minutes. Yeah. My vote for that question was gonna be because y'all have different answers, but I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna, all fucked up. <laughs> I was gonna answer 50 because like, Tristan, oh yeah, because my buddy and I, my buddy Tristan Harrison and I, we wrote that, we kind of wrote that together because he he gave me the main riff and then I wrote the rest of it, but. The song was completely different. And then when I brought it into band practice, that was the first time when Adam and Connor and the band really 
I don't know how to word this, but in terms of the writing process, that was when I really felt his influence because I wanted it to be like a real short, tight pop song, and yet the song was like four or five minutes or some crap. Yeah. So we played through it, and Connor was like, that's okay. not how it is. Do this, blah, 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 blah. And I, that was the first time we were like, us three really worked together to make, you know, the thing. And then like a couple of weeks after that, we did. Yeah. So, de so depending on who you ask, yeah. if you get three different. De depending on what you consider like writing together, I guess. But yeah, those are all three good answers that were around the same kind of time, I guess. You know, we were judging our own answers. Yeah, I'd give those answers a score of 89. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So do you usually, when, when you're writing a song, do you have any songs that start with lyrics that you put instruments to, or is it usually instruments, then lyrics? I'm sorry to talk again, but like for me, for the two songs I wrote, I'll have like a phrase in my head, and then like I'll maybe come up with another phrase, but other than that, I do the music, and then I, I base the rest of the lyrics off those two phrases that come into my head. See, for me personally, I've never been able to do the like, lyric before song thing and i never really understood why especially reading about like all these great lyricists like bob dylan so i wrote lyrics on when i went home and then i constructed this amazing song it's like so i'm like outsider then like i felt so insecure about that and then i it was just recently i saw an interview with i think it was james hetfield or one of the dudes from metallica they were like yeah no we don't understand that because like it's kind of like you're trying to put it's like a puzzle. You're trying to fit words into a melody, whereas it's easier to actually have what you're going to do and then construct the melody around it. And then after I said that, I was like, yeah, that's what it is. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the, having the music and then doing the lyrics. That was always the case for me too, for like forever until spring maybe. Um, and then I just haven't, hadn't been able to like write really anything for quite a while. Um, once I got home from quarantine, I was, um, some stuff about music and like music history classes when I was learning about this composer who was like really just obsessed with writing like melody first and then basing all of the harmonic content around that um, and so I started like once in a while just hearing like a phrase of words in my head and then hearing that as like a short melody and then writing like just another melody kind of around that and then figuring out what could go under it for music. Um, and that actually got really helpful for me to be able to like work stuff out, just having a different method to come at it. Um, but it, it, I do both ways, usually the way Carl says to, but yeah. So do you, you guys are making songs, do you usually present each other with parts? Do you guys get together and jam until you get something that sounds good? How does that usually work? Well, most of the time Carl has the whole song written and then he brings it in and then we what I think is what, what I think the song is, and then yeah. they dismantle it. Yeah, the process is Carl presents the song in its entirety. Ethan tightens it up, like, we'll cut out this or double that or have do this weird time signature thing that probably won't work, but we'll try it anyway. Offers his, <laughs> offers his opinion, yeah. And then I'll just be like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then that's pretty much do no, it. Sometimes, like, he'll bring it in and we'll play it and be like, this could be slightly different. Um, and then so it'll end up with almost the exact same thing that he brought, but like just a little bit more um, cohesive, cohesive, if you will. Yeah, and then obviously we write our own parts. Yeah, um, to those songs. Although, although Connor's new, although Connor's song on this next album, Jerome Kern, that was that's an outlier because that's yeah. we actually jammed. That was that was the, that was like the right. most yeah. like we were we were like playing this riff 
And then I'd play something, and Carl would be like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I'm <laughs> like, all right, let's try. But that, that's the most group collaborative effort. Like, we had, I had the shitty remote drive rip off, and then so we had to uh, quickly change it around and uh, make it a whole new song. It went from a very upbeat pop punk song to pretty much being like a very depressive Smashing Pumpkins-esque song. Yeah. You could say. You could say a little bit. If you will. If you will. So do you guys have a favorite song on the album? The, the newest one or the one that came out already? The, the one that, uh, on your own weight. Okay. Oh, on your own wave. Yeah, my favorite song on, on your own wave is um, "Rainbows Reflecting." It's become my favorite because I like because I remember writing that. It came to me super quick. Like the whole song, lyrics, melody, guitar, everything was written in about forty minutes. Like I was, I, I had to run out of the house, and it just went boom into my brain, out onto the fretboard, and the guitar just kind of came out. So I like that, and I, the song is awesome. I have fun playing it. Like every time we play it, it's a blast. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that's my vote. That one's fun for me too when we played, except for like when they have like just evolved to get louder and louder and louder. Um, so I have to like, instead of me playing at like 80% most of the time and then a loud section play 100, I'm not like 100 the entire set. And then I have to just like one jam play like yeah. just, well, I don't even like. So that song specifically, it's like, it, it feels kind of slow, but the tempo that is pretty fast. I'm doing like eight minutes the whole time. And then there's just one section in the middle that's like. <laughs> Um, so it's fun for me until then, and then it just fucking hurts. Um, hmm. Otherwise, uh, it always changes for me. It used to be not your dearest, but it's not anymore. Um, it's no longer my dearest. Awesome. I was gonna make that <laughs> one. Too funny. That one. Um, very good. Maybe honestly, acid head has always been one of mine. Though. Yeah. Like, every time I hear it, like whenever I've been like when I was working on like mixing it and stuff, I would hear it like for five minutes, and then for two days, that would be the one that's always stuck in my head. That's a, that one's up there for me. Mine, mine probably is Acid Head. It used to, it flip flops. It used to be buyback, which you sold. But like playing Acid Head, it was like the first time I felt really accomplished as a bass player and felt really confident. So I was like, okay, I got this shit. So Acid Head always has a very special place in my heart. And Connor's bass line in that song just makes it. it does. I try my best. And as long as the best riffs on the album, I think. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the riff right before the pre chorus the, the yeah. chorus. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. That's like one of my favorite parts to play on it, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, what's your favorite song to play off of that album? Live? Drain. Dra Drain yeah, is like Drain. the most yeah. fun we have because it's like, it's like has like this really like chill, low key beat, but then it also gets like when we play it live, it gets pushed to 10. And that's like yeah. the one song that I wrote that's like always, or I didn't write it, but like the bass line I wrote constantly changing. Never like the same thing as on the record. It's like every time I play, I try to add something new. Um, that song for me, uh, <laughs> um, that, was, hey. that was a song that Carl had written like years before we put that album out, like way before. <laughs> way before, um, like uh, Connor's in the band or anything. And so he was always playing, like we would play together all the time, and it would just be like just the chords and the drum part. Um, and the first time. I ever played it with Connor after they had like worked on it together and then brought it to practice and everything. He brought in the the bass line after the guitar intro and it was like a totally different chord than I expected it to be just from hearing just the guitar part and it was like I just loved it instantly so much more after that. And like Connor said, it's like it's very chill and like kind of jangly in like the recorded version. When we play it live, it's like <laughs> and then we do this. We started doing this thing kind of recently where we just like 
take it down really cheesily and that can buzz. Buzz. That's a lot of fun. Then we bring it up. I like that. We do that a couple times. It's so much fun every single time we do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to vote. I'd have to vote. I do like playing that one. It's not my favorite song on the album. It is. It, I do like it a lot. But in terms of like my favorite to play on it, I like to play on Even Mine quite a bit. Mm. Yeah. Just because like. Yeah, because there's just like the, like I said, the six, seven-year-old part of me is just like really, that likes the power, just how loud shit gets. And when we kick into that, yes, finally. And that in the crowd always seems that's, that's like our, that, so I'm that's our arena rock teaser, you know? <laughs> like the most like dumb, that we the most dumb, dumb rock songs people are like, yeah, fist pump it. That one and Bagged Bones are the ones. Not, yeah. Bones. yeah. Not on that record, not on, on your wave though, but I have last playing 53 live too. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have so much fun yeah. playing that. That might be like because everyone, it's just such a feel-good song, and then to see people feeling good while we're playing it, like, yeah, I did something right. Yeah. And <laughs> not, not, not crying this time. <laughs> and it's good because the new stuff is not quite feel-good, you could say. You could it, say. It makes you feel good, but it's not about feeling good. It makes you question if you feel good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what was the first show you guys ever played? Okay, um, so we'll, let's answer to the one that we part. played together, the first we played together, and then the ones that he played. Yeah. Okay, so the first yeah. one we played was, it's actually like five minutes away from here, kind of, but... Um, We're at Carl's house, by the way. Yeah, so we played at this uh, farmer's market thing. There was, we played at a farmer's market, and there was no one there, no anybody. We just played under a tent. We played super long. We played for like three freaking yeah. hours. But yeah, it, that was kind of why the band formed, was because this show came up and we were in a cover band at the time, kind of. There, there's a cat. Yeah, get it on the cat. There you go. Hey, buddy. So anyways, we um, we were in a cover band at the time, and we got this message like, hey, come down to this farmer's market kind of thing, and the, everyone else in the band wasn't really available, as I remember. So, I mean, that's really like, they asked us to play three hours, and we didn't know three hours of material with that band. With those guys, we did not. But we did, because... We were, we were and still are, like, totally synced up with music. It was like, hey, do you know uh, this really obscure B-side track by this band? Oh, yeah, sure, let's <laughs> play it. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're like, okay, so really great for dancing, by the way. If you want to hear a Queen of the Stone Age deep cut, you, neither of you guys. That's yeah, true. your problem. We, yeah, did, we actually did play a homecoming dance once. We did it. I don't, that sucked. I don't know that anybody, <laughs> they didn't give a shit, whatever. So anyway, it's farmer's market they asked us do you want to play him and i got together we said we should do this we said yeah then like a week or so before the show they were like hey do you guys have a name for the band i was like the line message him i said what's the name for the band he said no idea i said perfect so our first name no idea came from that altercation that was like four years ago yep that was about four years ago we showed up played to about maybe you know three or five people did all covers except for maybe did we play touch one together one day? Probably did. not. So yeah, we just played all covers for three hours straight. That was our first show together. And then this guy over here joined in October of 2018. And the first show we played what? It was December 27th at Best Video in Hamden, Connecticut, and it was an hour-long set. And if you're wondering, Connor, were you shitting bricks on the car ride down there? Absolutely. <laughs> I was freaking the fuck out. I was so nervous because, like, I was practicing the songs for so long. I was like, yeah, I got this. I'm so comfortable. And the second I hit the song. car, I was like, they did fine. I know none of these songs. And then by pure, like, luck and dumb luck, I played the whole show. It's on YouTube if you guys want to see it. There is a clip of that. Oh, true. And, yeah. that, was, and that was the show where, like, we finally had a day. Where it was all right. We were all locked in. And I remember being like, yeah. I was like, we did it. Finally, this is great. And I, I mean, we, yeah, we never played yeah. original music with a bass player in public before. 
soon as we kicked into, I don't remember what we opened. We opened up a thoughts. Yeah, we opened yeah. up a thoughts together. Um, his bass amp was like cranked so loud, like you couldn't hear anything else, and it was awesome. And it sounded great. And I came up to him at the show, I was like, dude, that was so great. No way. He's like, nah, man, we got to change everything. Like, I missed this one note in this part, one note in this part. I'm like, what are you talking about? I fucking fucked. He's so Well, that, that's what really, and no, like, nobody knew this. Yeah, nobody knew it. He was just nervous because he brought like 30 people, and that was the most intense show we ever because he brought all like everybody he's ever met, um, and we. Had- I only know thirty people, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and we had never played a show to more than like eight people before, so it was awesome. We were, so, but like, uh, damn, what the fuck? Like, you uh, Ethan said to me, town. Ethan said to me, "You're ruining our vibe of us not having friends." <laughs> <laughs> so, what what was the most recent show that you played before this whole quarantine stuff happened? Place, yeah, the most recent show we played was Toad's Place in January, which the whole thing is on YouTube if you'd like to go relive it. Go back to the days where we used to be able to have concerts. How's that? In my opinion, that's the best show we've played oh, yeah. so far. Also, sure. it sounded awesome, and it was great because we were up, so Ethan didn't have to, like, beat the living shit out of his body. I he still did. He still did, did but, like, um, not, but didn't have to. not quite as bad yet. Yeah, yeah the Toad's Play sound system, the sound guy kicked ass, so whoever that is. Understandably, because, like, it's a, it's a oh, yeah, respectful thing. I mean, yeah, iconic place. So, how did you guys land that gig at Toad's Place? How did we like the gig? Uh, no, how how'd you land it? Like how how'd you? Um, you tell us about that. So I was at the doctor's because I had laryngitis, and uh, so I'm, so I'm just so I'm just sitting there in the waiting room. Doctor, by the way, uh, this is a side note. Doctor took like 45 minutes to get to me. I could have died at that time. By the way, fuck the doctor. <laughs> fuck you. But, no, so I'm sitting there, and my buddy uh, Sean Fortier of Night Crew calls me, and he goes. Um, Yo, what are you doing? January 18th. And I said, fuck should I know? And he goes, do you want to play Toads? And I went, uh, do I want to play Toads? Yeah, I want to play Toads. And I was like, do you guys want to play Toads? And it was like, what the fuck do you think we're going to do? Yeah, yeah. we're going to play there. Like one of the most famous venues in New England. And so, yeah, my buddy Sean, because it was uh, this other local band, Something Young, they're having their release, their album release album show release. there. And they wanted to have just like a massive Connecticut show. So there was a bunch of other people. There was our buddy Spray Bottle Fever, uh, my buddy Sean's, our buddy Sean's, uh, yeah, Night Crew, uh, Palindromes, uh, this band Shed Life. Yeah. And that was everybody, everybody, right? And then I don't want to forget. Something Young ended off the show. But that show was like, it sucked too because there was a snowstorm that day. One day. So there were about 150 people there with the snowstorm already. But if it would have been packed, if there wasn't that snowstorm, we would have at least had another hundred or so people pull up. Well, still a great time. Still, yeah, it was still like a truly like big part of my music. For anybody who um has, is like a loyal follower of our Instagram, Connor and I did a vlog that day where we uh, yeah. <laughs> we got like fucking like three hundred little passes that give you like a discount dollars off the ticket. Or and I like harassed. So many people. They went to the we, ran around the, we ran around the snowy streets of New Haven because we had to get to the venue at like, well, like fucking 1 p.m. or something. Yes. Yeah, we showed uh, up. We, we showed up at like, it was like 10 a.m. We had to be there. That is time. not, that is, yeah, that was early. That is not, it was not like Carl's lying. It was not 10 o'clock. All right. We showed up at like 1 or 2. Early. Well, well, <laughs> did not get there. Anyway. Fine. Um, and so we just like ran around the snowy streets of New Haven just harassing literally everybody we saw going into stores and giving out these passes to employees and stuff. Nobody came. Not a single person. Nobody came. No, we got one, remember? Oh, yeah. exactly so one here. person came. Exactly yeah. one person. We don't know who it was. Yeah, they were, thank you to that person. They were out doing that. And then I was, because like I said, we, like he said, we showed up super early. 
So I set up the merch table, and I was sitting there at the merch table, like, kind of guarding it because, you know, we have our stuff with us. And we signed a banana. Yeah, yeah and I'm watching. We signed a banana on the street. And we signed it for the merch table for yeah. ten grand. Yeah. So then, like, we're sitting, so I'm sitting there waiting for something to happen, and nothing happened when I come speak out pizza. But the day that he told, the, the day that we heard about the Toad's Place thing, I was at a burger joint, and I was eating, I was chowing down on this burger, and I get the test. Absolutely chowing. And I get this text from Connor. He's like, dude, want to play Toad's? In the group chat. So I got to look at my calendar, and there was something on the calendar. I was like, no! It's like, I go on the calendar, I'm calling everybody, getting the date free. So, yeah, kind of couldn't believe it. He was oh, going to yeah. play a we did it. show that. Believe it or not, but he did. Why did you? Why did you have to bring that up? Yeah, because he was. Well, I'm about transparency. Were you in Prague at that point? Was I in Prague at the time that we played a show? <laughs> no, you were about to leave. Yeah, right? no, I left yeah. the next week. Yeah, no, I had this. Yeah, no, because we were things were a little bit slow around here, so I offered my services. I went down to a local restaurant, just kind of did some acoustic stuff on my own. So I instantly called up the restaurant, just said, "Hey, uh, can't do this. I have to go play a Toast Place." And I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, no worries." Yeah, they were cool about it. So. Yeah, that was the Toast Place story. It was awesome. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes that, that, of um, one minute of the story. Yep. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a link to that video in the description. I watched that whole thing a couple of times. You guys did an incredible job. I think you definitely lived up to your name there. Oh, so, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So how have you guys, the three of you, changed from that first show you played to Toast Place as a band? Got I more hours. I will answer this one. I because we were when I joined in October, we I didn't start playing till December. And we played a couple of gigs like here and there every couple months. Because at this point, Carl and I were both still in high school, and Ethan was away at college, so we still had to kind of work around breaks and stuff like that. So you know, we play we played best video a couple times. We played this um, little indie festival, and then we did um, like this the cellar on Treadwell in Hamden. But I think the first show where like we became like we came to our own was uh, this footage was also footage was also on YouTube. We played at uh, this festival, Dispersion Five. That is on YouTube. That is on YouTube. We have one clip, and um, that show there was like almost ninety people showed up, and like that was the first show where it's, it's like, like living room size. Yeah, it's like, like the size of a living room, and this was like we played. And we're like this is like. This is a real band. Like before, like it was before, but like that show kind of like oh, yeah. certified like don't fuck with us. So that was that. <laughs> I thought show. so. Yeah, that was a great time. I remember turning around. We were playing. I think we played right way in that night at some point. Yeah, yeah we similar kind set the mood, and we had a kind of yeah. Like, so we had to kind of tone down. down. Love similar kind. They're they're the dudes. Stream Maria. Stream Maria and Too Happy that just came out. Mm-hmm. It's good. I was wearing their T-shirt last time we did this. He was. No longer him. He's not. So anyways, <laughs> so anyways, they played that. So then we went. So we go on and play right way in. I remember turning around to you and I was like, dude, this is fucking awesome. And then we kicked into the song. But that was a great show. That's like, yeah, yeah. Can't say it any more than that. What? What? The original question was what? How we changed from the first show with you to yeah. the last one? That was the question. That, that was, that that's, was how we, that's how we changed. We just sort of like yeah, we, we kind of like, we just kind of played around, figured it out, and after that show, for whatever reason, yeah. just something was in the air where it's like like just play your play the most you've ever played it was like we had like that winter um maybe, maybe a show or two i think um and we spent most of like that winter recording and i went away for the spring to school and then i came back and over that summer we were like still recording the album um so we played like maybe like four or five shows for the whole summer and that was the very last one yeah so like from like, the first one we played that summer was like um middle of may and then we didn't play until end of june and those 
from that first one to that second one, we improved a lot. Um, it just like just the chemistry of having like a new person to like get used to performing with and everything. Um, for somehow like just every show, like we felt more in place. Yeah, it's the best feeling is that ever since that dispersion show. Every show past that, we're like, that's the best show we ever played. Yeah. And the players are like, no, that's the best show we ever played. Which is a good feeling. So, like, even though Toad is right now, like, it's like at the top, whatever show we play next is, like, probably just I we hope. amazing. We, we hope, hope it's going to be amazing. We hope we will ever play. Again, actually, we hope we just play. Yeah, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else to really add to that. I mean, we just kind of got well, tired. I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got tired. <laughs> and, well, no, I do know what to add. And... In addition to, we got tighter as musicians and friends. It's much louder now. Yes. <laughs> much yes. louder now. That used to be... They were both playing combo lamps a year ago. Yeah. If you come to see Kim Normal, there are three earplugs at the uh, first table. That's no one in, one in stock. Yeah. Oh, they're always in stock. Yeah, I got the case. I got the earplugs. Yeah. Yeah, they used to play combo lamps when they both had fucking specs. Got for the four by twelve. I do. You probably play the 215. Yes, you guys. <sighs> Yeah. Ethan plays a drum set. It's the bane of Ethan's existence. Set that's rarely mic because we play living rooms. <laughs> Half the time. So, have you guys found throughout this whole quarantine, has it made it easier or harder to work on new music? Well, hard initially. It's, it's, easier. A, it's a beginning it was extremely hard and it was extremely frustrating because Ethan had gone to study abroad and then well he was over there like the, the day we met up one time before he left just kind of say goodbye and chill and then right before I left he was like write an album I was like, I was like yeah right yeah sure and then like a couple we months, had like three of the songs yeah yeah and a couple months later I was like hey I got an album he's like cool now we're in quarantine this is great what are we going to do? So then he's in the loops and I'm texting him and we're all texting each other. It's like, what are we going to do? You know, this sucks. So then finally I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. So I got my little recording studio upstairs, my little setup. I just took the guitar parts, recorded the guitar parts, shooted them off to this guy. He came up with the drum parts, he put them in, and then we put those in our Google Drive and we just kind of listened to them and, you know, kind of figure out, oh, you know, I'm going to do this here or that there. And then Connor started coming over to my place every now and then, on and off, just whenever. And we would, and he would, I would show him the bass parts. He'd be like, "Okay, I got this. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna go listen to what Ethan's doing." And then finally, we were like, "Okay, all this back and forth bullshit is getting ridiculous. We got to figure out something." So when it was safe, and it was like, "Okay, I think we can start to do something there." We started. We got our little setup back together, and we actually started working on the songs in person. And that was what. Four weeks ago, yeah, was this one? It was like a bus, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and like, and now we have like the whole album. Right? Yeah, yeah, that that was extremely and easy. Like <laughs> hearing the hearing the demos, I was like, oh yeah, no, these songs are good. But then once we were fully flushed out in person, it was like, okay, we have an out, we have an album. Oh yeah, yeah, like because I was just like. Yeah, one second, audio cut. There you go. You... So anyways, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So after the acoustic stuff, I know. So after the acoustic stuff, when we actually got together, us three, we kicked into, like, the first new song. Like he said, I was like, yeah, finally. Like, we do have something here. It's not, I'm not just imagining it. We do have an album. Yeah. So it's easy now because we actually were able to get better work like we used to. But at the beginning, it was tough. And don't worry, we're, when we're jamming in Carl's garage, we're all like 12 feet away from each 
No, we are. Like, I mean, we're, not, like, we're not doing it right now. Right now. We wear masks in public. Yeah, we wear masks in public. Respectful. Oh, for sure. What's um? What do you find to be the hardest thing about recording music? When Ethan's computer shifts the bed off, oh my fucking! Uh, so I'm gonna, so I'm gonna tell you. God. So I'll tell you about that. So also when there's like an infestation of rabid fucking bats. Oh, we gotta tell that story too. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, you got a good question here. So my so my answer. This doesn't apply to like every recording no. session. In terms of like the most recent one. In terms of one most annoying. So yeah, we um. So yeah, um, on your we were doing the vocals, and I rolled up to Ethan's house. I got my. I got all my teeth on. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm all warmed up. Like, These vocals can be great. So I remember specifically, we were doing Rainbows Reflecting, and it was like right in the middle of the second verse, and you know, I'm feeling it. Got a jug of water, and I'm all hydrated. I'm ready to go. So I get in there to do the second verse. I'm like, this is great. And then all of a sudden, it's going, da-da-da. Stops. I turn easy. I'm like, what the fuck? Why'd you stop it? And like, stutters. Dad just stopped and blue like, screened on me. Yeah, I was like, what's happening? And then he's like, I don't know. And he's freaking out. So I'm going to be like, okay, let's focus. We're going to relax. So I pull out my phone. And I'm like, did you check this? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I checked that. So trying to deal with that. And then eventually, by the grace of God or whatever, it just decides to work. No, it didn't. No. Right. We got through it. Hey, the album's out. We got, we got through it. No, I had to get a new computer. Um, oh, because of that? Yeah, so this, that was like in the middle of July. We were going to have the album out. Summer, ideally. Um, and then the computer just completely could not run. No, I do remember um, that. Yeah. And like, um, I, I had to get a new one. <laughs> so on what? So it took, like, it took like three weeks, and we didn't get to keep recording. So, so it took two studios, two computers. So on a more exciting note, the back story. Oh my god. This, this right. is good. So um, this is good. So this uh, started about a couple of years ago. One time, my family and I were just watching TV, and like um, something like just out of our fireplace. Um, and, it, and then we, it, we like look across the house and there's like a hanging from the ceiling. Um, and my mom, bless her heart, um, took like a, a children's like fishing net for like the ocean and like it was flying like we across the house at the time and took the bat out of the air. This isn't relevant to the story at all, actually. Um, but anyway, um, the like last year or two years ago, whenever we were recording this album. Um, I was like chilling in my little studio area downstairs in my basement, um, and I like turned around and like something just flew by my head, and I was like, "The fuck was that?" Um, and like I looked around and could not. It was like dark and everything. Um, then I heard like a chirping, and there was like a bat in my basement. And like in my basement studio area, I have like um, sound treatment blankets hanging, and they're like enclosed. It's like a room, you know, like with walls. Um, and this bat got in somehow. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, we got rid of it. Carl comes over to start recording guitar for the album about um, the beginning of June um, of last year. <laughs> and he's about to like, I'm going downstairs to like set up the session and stuff, like put some mics up and everything. I'm on the way there in the car. I'm on the way there in the car. Um, and I'm like sitting on my computer sitting at the Pro Tools session. I look over because I hear like some kind of like weird like And there's just a bat on the ground laying like this with its arms out, um, just like staring at me. And I was like, oh, no, you motherfucker, not today. Like, <laughs> the one day that it has happened in the last like couple months um, um, that something got into our house, it was like the one day that we were going to start recording in our house. 
So I get the phone call, and I'm like, what did you just say? He says, yeah, there's a yeah, bat. Yeah, bat. Um, I'm like, oh, fuck. I was trying to, like, slide this little, like, metal thing under it to, like, get it and then out of the, the house. Um, and, like, I would try to slide this thing under it, and it would hit the bat's hand, and it would turn to me and just go, <laughs> yeah, and it would hit yeah. me like a fucking thing. Terrifying. But it, Terrifying. It, it looks like, um, how's this right? It looks like if a wolf was combined with a snake. Yeah. Um, and a rat. Of, but made of skin and not fur. Um, horrifying. It's, it's terrifying. Um, so Carl's mom came and just didn't give a fuck and just got the bat out of the house yeah. and threw it in the woods. She's like, you will record today! Yeah. So that's so, the first bat of the day. The first bat of the day. Um, <laughs> so then we're like, okay, finally, an hour later, we get rid of this bat. Um, we now we can set up. Now we can set up and get the amp and stuff right now. So I go to move my amp so I can use the stand that's on for his. On the floor? On the floor. Another bat underneath. <laughs> But this one is like just curled up, like in dead. Yeah, it's in hibernation. But like, you gotta be fucking. So we, so we go to like get like a pole or something to move it, and come back downstairs, and it moved. It wasn't dead. It moved, and we had to find it. It was like a couple feet away. Um, anyway, that happened. Well, don't then, don't neglect this part of the story though. After Karen the bat thing, after my mother the bat lady here, got rid of the um, got rid of the first bat. She was gonna leave and let it report. So she she's like out the door. I call her on the phone. Hey, uh, yeah, don't leave. There's another bat. Are you fucking kidding me? I said, no, but it, it's here. Come back. Comes back. thing. <sighs> we chucked that one outside. There's pictures of it all over our Instagram. I like how this is the thing we spent the longest on during this podcast, but it's not over. Um, not over? It's not over because we had to, um, there was another recording day. I think it was one of the vocal days. Um, there's at least one more day where, like, there were no bats all of the days of this summer, like when we weren't recording our album, and then he comes over to record guitar again. Either that or he came over to do vocals or kind of came over to do bass or something. And there's another bat, and I'm pretty sure that happened three times, that there were bats only the days that we were recording this album. Um, so that's the story about that. And then I don't even mind, so just because of that, we had to have the single cover be a bat. Yeah, yeah that's, why there's, that's why there's bat in the cover, because we were just like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Shit crazy recording that song. Oh, wow. Yeah, we just, we were like, we have to kind of honor this in, in some kind of way because they obviously had something to say to us. Yeah, thank you to Batman for providing gaps for our album. And Dracula. And, and Dracula. Yeah, and, and Count Chocula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after you had finished that album and you knew it was ready to be put out, yeah. what conversation did you guys have around? putting it out what was your plan conversation um, just release it well get it out. oh yeah we wanted to get it yeah, out. it took me way longer than i thought it was gonna to like like mix it and master it and everything um so we thought it was gonna come out in like august and come out until september yeah we had to push uh, the release date like a couple weeks yeah we announced it for like the we september like 17th or something yeah and then we had to push it back another couple weeks i don't remember why i think it's kept busy still or whatever yeah yeah um but we um we knew that we wanted to put out two singles and we didn't know what they're going to be. Um, and so Carl and I were, I think it was one of the days we were recording vocals for this album. Um, and I had this record by Ben Orwells who, oh, you're going to name check them off? Yeah. Who um, can fuck themselves. Their like, singer was a total shit. Was it an asshole though? Shit garbage. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't like abusers and everything, they can fuck themselves. Nobody very, should ever listen to that ever again. Very ugly story. So I had like a 12 there's from before I knew about this. Um, and I told him about it. And then, yeah, he, he found out about it, told me about it. So I was like, okay, can I destroy my CD and 
like record that I have of them. So they go to my driveway and like smash this record up in the driveway. Um, and then he, it looked it looked kind of cool. Like this guy was kind of reflecting in the pieces of this shattered vinyl. Yeah. Um, Carl was like, you know, this would be a cool single cover. And it's like, it's, it's just a bunch of pieces of stuff. And he was like, you know what? We should make piece by piece the single yeah, and make that the cover because it kind of works. And so one of our shit puns did something good for so us. So one of our shit puns, and that was like our, our like most popular song for a while. See, we're not completely right. Fun fact um, that the pieces of that, like, that you can kind of see the sky in that single cover. If we're going to be talking about single cover, there's um, like a 12-inch single of the old one that I smashed because I hate that. He does it. Yep, he hates them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm yeah. taking a look at the piece by piece uh, single cover. I'm mean, you know, just fucking a dumbass. <laughs> anyway, you can. He's gonna do his own thing. Oh yeah, there's guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in terms of the actual like releasing the album after we recorded it and after he got it, yeah, finally we're gonna get this out. But yeah, then after that, in terms of the actual rollout, it was like, well, how are we gonna do this? So I think it was your idea for like the short little teaser yeah, videos that we did. Yeah, so then we came. It spread further than we expected, and a lot of it was word of mouth, and a lot of it was also just, you know, their their previous uh, YouTube fame. So, you know, we were very lucky because a couple of the songs, have, like a couple of the songs, have over ten thousand streams, and a couple are a little under. So, a lot of it was uh, probably algorithm was being really kind to us, and uh, yeah, just word of mouth, people just being like, I got this band. Also, so. are very generous people from all over the world. Yes, yeah, very generous yes. fans all across the world. Thanks to anyone who's watching yes. us, who actually listens to us and likes us. It's awesome. So, speaking speaking about that, you guys do have a lot of really impressive numbers versus like a lot of other local bands. How you guys like? What? Is, how does that make you guys feel? The first time you saw like a huge number like that. Oh yeah, genuine shock. Shocked, 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 but at the same time, very humbled and honored at the same time. Like, the first time, like, the first big number statistic we got was when, like, I remember when one of our videos, the Nevermind thing, that him and I did when we were six and seven years old. Six yeah. and seven years old, he says. Yep. We were actually much. 16 and 14. Yeah. We were um, 24 <laughs> seven. So, yeah, like, when that, when that, yeah, someone commented on that video and said that he looked like a chick, so that was nice. So anyway, so anyways, like when I remember when that video first hit a hundred thousand people, like, wow, no way! Because like I had that channel, I started that way back in the day, just to go online and talk about my record collection, which was extremely nerdy, but whatever, I did it and I had some fun. So I just kind of had it. He still does, but he just doesn't film it. That's the difference. He just like tells us. Yeah, we talk about it now. No, but like I just, but that's all I made the little channel for was just. Yeah, and then when I had our thing all, we were like, hey, we, we have cameras, and I got a YouTube, we'll film some of it. There was no notion at all that ever a video anybody was going to see it. Yeah, and, yeah, that no one was going to see that video. So, like, when Nevermind video came out, it got a couple views, and people were liking it, commenting, the iPhone subscriber count kept kind of going up, and people, people were showing interest. So I was like, yeah, I was like, maybe. And then finally, like, it hit 100,000 views, and the subscribers, we have like 10,000. Like, what the hell? 
and now it's at like two million thirty-eight thousand subscribers later. That's like, a like flex like, or anything. No, not to flex. No, not trying to flex at all. Just the it's numbers, like it's still it's like, it's like genuine. Because like I'm not a real musician. I'm not even a real person. Like the fact that people, <laughs> a hologram. I'm a hologram. <laughs> people genuinely listen to like you our band's music and genuinely like it. just like holy it's, shit. It's like, like, this is my dream. Well, so, like, have people like my music. Like, like when 53 actually, like when 53, I remember, like, I remember when that hit like the 10,000 or whatever in like a couple of weeks. Yeah, like, like, what the fuck? yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like, we have such a blast actually recording it. In terms of writing it, that was a really like kind of personal connection. So to see people like loving it and really giving it, in my opinion, the love that it deserved, like to see that was really heartwarming for me. And that made me, that, that made me feel really I was happy that people were getting something out of that. The thing that's um, the, the best part of that for me is when, like, people that I meet or, like, my friends when they first find out about my band or whatever, or, like, will listen to it or, like, oh, you guys are, like, actually kind of a real band. And that just, like, for some reason is the best compliment I can get. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. People actually recognize that. Like, wow, like, you guys are legit. That that feels good. Because I've known, like, lots of bands that are legit. I've been in bands that I felt like were legit and even this one before. But then when we actually like became more legit, it became more legit, you know. That was legitness. That was legitness. That's a <laughs> That's a great video. Anyway. So it, it, it's funny that you guys had had mentioned that Nirvana video yeah. that you because I actually accidentally stumbled across that very shortly after you guys had put that out. Because at the time I was with um, a couple of my friends. We, we were trying to start a band and I learning like all the Nirvana songs on guitar and stuff. So, yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go on YouTube, look up like other, like kids my age doing this stuff. And then the Nevermind video came up and you guys had covered that entire album. And I remember that was what made me click on it initially out of all the other ones. Cause like I listened to it and there really, really bad Nirvana covers out there. Just so they're, they're out there. My favorite compilation video is like Bad Nirvana's cover. <laughs> Those are good. Those are good videos. So I saw I saw that video and I was like, I'd never seen somebody cover an entire album before. So that right away had me interested. So I listened to it and then I was only really planning on like skimming through it, but actually thought it was so good. So I listened to the entire thing and then I showed showed a bunch of my friends. So when I when I went to reach out to you guys for this interview, I had been listening to like a lot of your music and I was like, why does oh, this do you? Thank you. So I, I Googled you guys and then that video came up and I was like, are you serious? I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And, I, and I, I think that that was a smart move because you didn't just do that. You did other ones. So can you kind of tell me like how, how that came about deciding to cover full out yeah so yeah so as i said before ethan and i when we first started this thing to stuff too we knew a lot of the same songs and we like i said we had the youtube channel so i kind of put two and two together and said hey you know we should do stuff like this but in terms of doing the full album i thought we should because a i hadn't seen it that much like you said i saw a couple here and there but not many so i was like listen me and b you didn't invent it no I think the guy's name, I think, was Matt V. Uh, he doesn't even make videos anymore. Thank you, Matt V. So anyways, um, I saw him do one, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty neat. So then um, 
And the other thing is with YouTube covers is doing one is like so easy. Like you guys just can put a song on on your computer and background and play on for three or four minutes and put it out. Like it's such a low effort thing. So I was kind of like, I told like if we're gonna do this, we should actually do something substantial. What we're actually gonna have to work on for a little while. So the first one we did is we did in Europe by Nirvana because we just knew that record. Like you were saying, you learned all the Nirvana songs to learn how to play guitar. I did the same thing. So I knew all those songs. He knew the record. So that was an easy one and done kind of thing, which you can tell because the audio sounds like garbage, but we did it. It sounds like just symbol. It does. So then we did the Weezer one because we knew all the Weezer songs in between there. And then finally we did the Nirvana one, which was is the one that everyone knows the best. But then afterwards we did a couple, we did like a Green Day one and then we did the Waves one, we did King of Beach, but all throughout. Nobody cared about any of those as much, even though they're like, they sound so much I think better. they're infinitely better. But we like, I got like some recording interface and everything and like, got like actually stuff mic and not just camera audio. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how to mix anything back then. So, so the thing was, was that like, in, and throughout doing all of this, like, I, I don't, I don't to myself, but maybe you guys can chime in on this. So whenever we do covers, I just hope that we can actually pay respect to the original artists that did it, yeah. and that because like the songs we cover, we're doing because we love them so much. We would only hope that if an artist were to see what we were doing, they could understand the appreciation that we have for their work. So it wasn't like a goal when we were doing the cover videos, but it was always a thing of mine. That I was like, man, if we could get one of these videos to like one of the people. It was in any way, shape, or form related to the album. That would make it for me. And I don't even know how we did it. Lo and behold, I don't know how we did it. We covered Siamese Dream of Smash Pumpkins, which is as a three piece. As a three piece, Buddy Tristan, who co-wrote 53 with me, was on the bass because this guy wasn't in the picture yet. Yes. So we and legend. This kid didn't even like really know the music and learned all the fucking bass parts. Oh yeah, perfectly. He murdered legend. It. Absolute, absolute legend. So and we and we adore that record. So we were like, we're gonna yeah. do this. So after we yeah. signed these things, I got a show. I adore the video. Adore. This is that record. That's what smashing the nineties. So anyways, did the video and after like. We watched it back. We heard the audio. We were like, "Let's know where we can go." You know, like this is the peak of the album cover. So you're like, "All right, cool." So around the same time, Billy Corgan, Weeder, and um, only member we, sometimes Weeder and guy Smashing Pumpkins. and saw the Siamese Dream video and sent it to him said, hey, did you check this out? He said, yeah, no, I checked this out. He said, they did a really good job. This is awesome. So we woke up that day and we, we had screenshots and everything. People were like, dude, look at this shit. And I sent it to him. I was like, dude, look, we did it. Like, finally. Like, we had kind of what we wanted to do with those covers all along, which was to, you know, pay our respects to people that came before us. They were like, hey, you know, thank you. So a after that, there's nothing else we could or would want to we did what we also just kind of don't really play covers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nail in the coffin. Yep. We could do a, a whole album cover of our own music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some Jim Formal and re record on your Jim own. Jim Formal covers. Come on. Oh, God. So. <laughs> I know you, you guys mentioned you would be, you guys have been working on new music. So what are you, um, how, how is that going so far and what, how did that start? 
Oh, it's man. been a fucking dream work. It's been so, it's been so fun. It, it's been such a great time. The thing that's really different about this cycle and the last one is that on your own wave, when I started writing those songs, like, I think the earliest example was Drain or I don't even mind. That was like two years before the album even came out. So those songs were written over a long period of time, whereas these songs were written um, much closer together. Literally since for like October, maybe is the earliest one, and then after that, like January. Yeah. So I thought it last year. Yeah. So at least to me, like I, not that it's a concept album, but I like when an album has like some kind of central theme or some kind of narrative. Maybe like you listen to it and then you're like, oh well, there's some kind of thing here that maybe I can put together in my head. I love doing that kind of stuff. I'm happy that I can bring something like that to our audience, hopefully throughout what we're doing. So that's a big difference that all the songs came really quickly in terms of like space, in terms of writing them. And the other thing that's really different is it was great to actually have him on board since the start with this album. It's the first like true Kim Marvel album. Yeah. Like everything is all three of us are here. Like from the beginning, once we hit the ground running, boom, all three of us. And it's totally like adjusted. It didn't make sense. What's that? Didn't make sense on the lip or phone. Didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. No, but like doing the, um, but starting with. <laughs> Dude, fucking for, for, for real. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> no, but starting the, starting the process with him really. <laughs> okay. Starting the process with him, though, was really great because, like, right from the beginning, like, when we were doing 53, he was like, hey, we should really cut this and do this and do that. And I loved that. It was like, we have another guy to do. Yeah, right from the beginning, I'm just having that made the process much easier and more exciting because we were because started bouncing off ideas. I was we weren't happy. I was too shy to say stuff at the beginning because I was just sitting there and they'd show me the songs and then those two would just be arranging. I'm just like sitting there like quietly twiddling my thumbs, being patient. It's true. But then like yeah. fifth, like 53, when like I heard it, I was like, here's what we can do, and that's the same thing now. So like Carl will present a song. And that is Carl's song, but we all have a say in it to yeah. get the best song to beat. Like, like, it's not we're not fighting over. It's like, well, I told you to cut this down by 15 seconds. So give me a writing credit. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Carl's song, Carl's song, it's Ethan's song, it's Ethan's song, but we all have a say in it. And Carl's yeah. been writing shit, too. So and that's the varying degrees, too. Like, sometimes one of us will put a song in where it's pretty much like great, and then we'll just all play it and try to figure it out. And it's like, awesome. Or we'll change yeah. one or two things, but then there's songs where it's like, it's like it's like cutting a long like a long haircut. You just gotta really find comb. You just gotta get rid of that shit. Cut it way down to the very essentials. That was an awful analogy. Okay. I know. I'm I tried like to make not it really on board with that one. But that was yes, that was a terrible analogy. I apologize. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a long story. We talk so much. Long story short, it's fun. Long, long story, story short. <laughs> long story short. And yeah, just there you go. <laughs> Please, next question. God. So, do you guys, to your fans out there who might be like thinking about starting a band, do you guys have any advice to give them? Yeah. Fucking do it, man. Just go for it. Literally. Yeah. Like, you have to suck. Literally, you just have to fucking suck for so long. Eat yeah. shit and then you not eat shit. That's how you do it. Wow. That was very right. strong. Okay. Advice. I. Okay. I don't remember where I heard this. Um, Dave, Gold, Dave Gold said something similar to what he said. That's not what I was going to say. That's yeah. not the one. I was like, <laughs> I was the guy from Beach Fossils in this really long Instagram catch from he posted the other day. He's, somebody was talking about like how if you're going to sit down and like write music or whatever, like sit down and purposely fail for 15 minutes to get all the bad shit out of the way so you can like then have good experience. It's not quite the exact same for starting a band or whatever, but 
and I like some people, the first band they're in, like Connor, it's like an actual thing. For me, the first like fucking four bands I was in were not like real, well, they were, they were like real bands or whatever, but like it wasn't what I was going to do. And I, I started fairly young, luckily. Um, like I started playing with people in like a, a band context when I was like 12 or 13. Um, we used to music school that I went to, um, which is also how I met Carl. But you do kind of have to like learn your chops, like getting used to how other people play and stuff um, for a while. And then, um, so yeah. I just want to check out the sandwiches came. I'm trying to talk. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moral of the story is it's not bad to suck for a while because um, you will find something better. And like, not everybody, and even if you're like, think you're too old to still be sucking, um, some people don't start their band that gets them famous until they're fucking like 30 years old. So. Exactly. Um, we're very lucky that we got so to like early. Um, yeah, and like I'm even two years older than he is, so even earlier in his life, we got to like. Sandwiches. Oh my god! Great, great advice. I'm still answering the same yeah. question. Okay, I'm gonna be done. If you want to start a band, go look for sandwiches before you go. That's important. Yes. Is there anything? And find people who don't like who you're not gonna like really spur with like yeah. over influences and like what you're gonna do. And that's like, what I'm like literally. I met Carl at the Ideal Show. We met at Astor Junior Show. Like that's like the first that we could have met. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Are you done? Yes. Okay. Are you sure? No. I, I was gonna, I was finishing my thought just saying like, um, do it with people who are gonna like agree. If you're just disagreeing about what you're gonna play, then you can't really get focused on playing it. And it's sometimes hard to find people like that. And if you can, yeah, it's, it's worth it to just like get used to playing with people and play with people who disagree with you, whatever. Or try to find any common ground. But yeah, I mean, we, Ethan and I were extremely lucky that like we met when we did. Honestly, like it was a total luck thing. I mean, if I was to if I was to give anybody advice, my first piece of advice would be don't form a band with somebody. Like, don't form a band with somebody just because they have a nice PA or because they have equipment. Very cool. Did he say that? Is that where that's from? No man can eat fifty eight. He did say that too. Yeah, basically, we saying like don't form. Yeah, don't form a band just with someone just because like oh they're classically trained or anything. Play with your friends. Because like he said, playing with someone they're going to be stirring with all the time from like day one is not going to produce good results. It's going to be a total nightmare and it's, it's going to make the beginning, which is already frustrating, even more frustrating. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say is, is um, don't be afraid early on to um, wear your influences on your sleeve. Like I know that that's a thing nowadays, like you'll read album reviews and like, I mean, if you're like five or six albums deep into your catalog and you're still sounding like a carbon copy of another band, obviously but you, you could pose that there's an issue there. Right. But like if you're, if you're just starting out as a band and you're like, Oh, you know, this sounds like just like blah, 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 blah. And this sounds just like blah, 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 blah. And like, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, it's hard. So you kind of have to go through like the weird growing pains and stuff like that. But eventually, if the band is meant to be, you'll find yourself. So, uh, so I guess those are my two pieces of advice. And this is from the perspective of people who are like in the grand scheme of things, kind of still beginning, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but like, we have spent enough time like failing and like doing stuff not nearly as impressive to be able to speak on that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. End of the question. Yes. End of response. Next question. Okay. So um, this is going to be, I'm going to kind of wrap it up with, with this question. And I just wanted to just say, say a little bit about um, how good you guys really are. When, when I listen to music, I, I always listen to what catches my ear first. Cause I can always tell, listen to something, be like, Oh, that's a, 
that person's a really good guitar player, but I might not like it just because it's good. Yeah. The songs that I love are songs that just hit me instantly. And you guys have that. You found a mold together where you can each take all of your talents and put it together into one thing. And you guys just have that factor in your music where it just, when you listen to it, it hits you. So when, when I first listened to On Your Own Way, I listened to it in my room just by myself. I closed my eyes. I had my headphones in. I laid down. I just listened to it to the entire thing without any other distraction. And my first impression of the album was, you guys know what you're doing, and you can tell that you guys have practiced the shit out of all of these songs, and you, you just know them to heart. And after I listened to it, I, I was going on a hike, and I started thinking about some of the songs and then like the certain parts of it started repeating back in my head. And I was like, wait, which was that song? Cause I still hadn't become that familiar with the track list yet. Cause I was looking to the names of the songs where I was listening. I was just listening. So like, I got to find that song. I started like this, had that guitar riff that started like this. So then once I found that I would listen to that and then I just kept listening to it. So I probably listened to that album uh, probably about 10 years now. Wow. And- Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. you so, might have made us like a few cents on Spotify for that. Yeah, you made I us a total of five cents. Thank you. <laughs> You're so when, how did you guys find that? You know, I don't, you know, I don't really think that's something that you can find in music. I don't really think that you can like specifically find a mold. Cause like you said, or at least you heard, that we practiced and shut out all the songs. And the reality is like we did, like, you know, we don't like where we, we took time out today from practice to do this podcast with you. We practice, we're practicing, you know, sometimes we put in seven, eight hour days just because that's what it takes for us at least to get it to sound the way you're hearing it. So I don't really think that it's something where it's like, you can find, I don't want to say a formula, a mold, that's the word he said. But I don't really think that you can necessarily find the mold. I think the mold. And if you do find mold on your food, if it's cheese, you can just cut it off and keep eating it. That's fun. Yeah. But I don't really think this is going to sound super party a bit. But I don't think you find the mold. I think the mold finds you. But you have to put douchebag. But you have to. You have to. You have to put. You have to put. No, he's right. He's yeah, right. No, it is a valid yeah, point. But you have to put it. But you just have to put in the time for it to kind of work itself out. I think. Yeah. That that that's my answer. And if anyone else would like to answer, um, and I feel like what I have discovered is like you can um, like idolize other people's playing and like covet their things and everything like that. But realistically, like everybody's fingers move differently and everybody's thoughts are different, like their instincts and everything like that. So really, everybody has like their own sound once they play their instrument for long enough. Um, and there's like certain little like um, idi that you'll play musically and stuff more than others and like when I listen to music um and would like growing up like scrutinize certain parts of like these albums I've listened to forever I would like start to get really familiar with the way like people in certain bands or like artists like played instruments in certain ways and there there are some specific people like that you can hear a film and be like oh that's like a John Bottom type of thing or something like that um but really that I feel like that's just natural for everybody in the same way everybody has their own vocabulary speaking and they like 
sometimes your friends will use the phrase a lot or something like that. That's the same thing musically. And I think if you practice enough and you like start playing and you don't try to like change what you're doing to do what somebody you listen to does, whatever that will happen on your own to yourself, like pretty naturally. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens a lot. Like I'll hear like him singing and he will do like a certain like little vocal cadence more than other. I'll hear myself play drums and I will have like a couple fills that I kind of base everything else off of. Um, and I'll realize that after I start listening back to the stuff I've played. Um, but that's part of it too, I think. And then just sitting down with the other people and practicing a shit ton of times to like really just know it in the back of your head because you can't go to record if you don't know it like in the back of your eyelids, you know? Well, I'd like to finish this off. I'd just like to say like, this is my first band. This is the first band I've ever been. Fuck you for that. I've had, I've had, I know, right? It's bullshit. I've got such a uh, good head start. But like, I jam with like my mom's friends. Be like, oh, Timmy over here played drum. Do you want to jam with him? And I'm like, sure. And like, nothing would come of it. Stop touching me. Uh, <laughs> nothing would come of it. And I never, I never was in a band. And I've been playing guitar for about like eight years before I even, you know, met these guys. And for years, I was so upset because, like, I just want to be in a band. I want to be, like, in this really cool, heavy indie band, but it also has, like, a lighter side to it. I want it to be, like, in, like, an <laughs> ideal band in my head. And then I just met Carl, and then I joined in. And so it was so – I was just – I was preparing myself for years to join this band. And so I just sort of – I went for it. And it was so easy to musically connect with these guys because we all listen to the same stuff. Like, the first night I went, I went hung out with Carl, and we were just kind of jamming. Like, same thing now. We just haven't stopped talking. We just shut the fuck up about music. No. And it's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Do you hate this? Like, do you like this? Do you like this? And then, like, we rank. Like, we're such fucking nerds. Like, we'll rank yeah. our favorite album, but we'll rank it, like, track listing from favorite to least favorite. Like, we spend time doing this. So, like, I, I'm really in sync with these two guys. And from the first day that I came up to Ethan's house borrowing Carl's P-Base because I didn't even own one at the time, it was instantly like there's like a natural fit. Nothing feels forced. Nothing feels like awkward out of place. It just feels right. So yeah, that's that's the mold. That's a good answer. So I have I have one more question. To before we wrap this up, I just want to know what what is the future of Kim Normal? What what can we expect? We're breaking up world domination. World domination, and then we break up, and then come back in 15 years for a cop-out reunion tour. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, future for Kim Normal is a lot of, a lot more. Um, I don't know. We had a tour planned for the summer this. that we didn't get to go on. Yep. So that's, that's next time. That's the next. Yeah, hopefully next we can make that like maybe the winter. Maybe. Depends how many people don't wear masks. It depends what's even going to go on in the future. That's hard to predict. But yeah. we would like to get on on the road at some point. Yeah, we, we have a tour plan, so that's going to happen like anytime in, in the future. Anytime when it's safe. Um, and then we're obviously writing a new album that we just started demoing today, so that's going to happen sometime. So that'll come out of the next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the most like, future. immediate future. And yeah. And honestly, we don't know what else. We're going to do our best to. Do whatever we want, I guess. Uh, and we just kind of see what happens. That's what that's the fun of it. We can just see what happens. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, and where? Uh, where <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Where can we reach you guys? 
So you can reach us if you our have a phone number is Oh my social security number is <laughs> But if you um if you want to reach us, Zach will I'm assuming he will provide you with yeah. all of our Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, all that crap. But if you actually want to contact us, just message us on Instagram. I or one of these two guys will reply. Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> our email and all that junk is yeah. With a band camp, you can go message us through that if you are inclined. Crazy. So inclined. If you're so inclined. It's not like better than doing anything else, but yeah. we're not professionals. So Don't be intimidated to hit us up. If anybody wants to make us a Wikipedia page, I wouldn't hate it. That would be amazing. I'll yeah. get up. <laughs> start that for you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, all right. So I'm, I'm going to stop recording here. Oh, that it?